Welcome to the Weekly Sprout. You are tuned into episode 47. Today we're going to dive into our AFC playoff predictions as well as some of the latest news. Some good, some players got paid, and some uh, not so good, which we're going to touch on. But it will be an exciting episode. I am Cyrus, and I'm my co-host Matthew Durgan and Casey Sully with me today. How are you fellas doing? Doing good. No complaints. Uh, Weather is nice outside. Too bad we can't enjoy it, but my window looks pretty nice. Yeah, uh, seems like some there's there's more NFL news than I was expecting at this time of year. So that's heating up, kind of cool. That makes me feel like maybe football season's coming. Who knows? Probably without fans, but uh, I don't know. Things are well, moving and a shaking. Aren't training camps quote unquote supposed to start like in two weeks? Yeah, I think they're negotiating them. Like the players want more downtime beforehand or something like that, and the they, they want like the five teams, days. Yeah, yeah. Like testing and stuff like that. Yeah, they want a, a bigger buffer period than the teams want or something like that. But I think it's close to happening. Sweet. That's good news. Yeah, it's about time we get some football back, but hopefully they can implement it correctly and be safe and keep everyone healthy. That would be ideal. We have some pass rushers that signed some very large extensions. One, we don't know the exact details, but we know it's a four-year extension for Chris Jones with the Chief. S- Chiefs, mess that one up. Chiefs, uh, what do we what do we think about this? I think it's a good move. Chris Jones was a huge reason why they won the Super Bowl, but I think uh, much needed extension, and it's good to be back. Good to have him back on the on the Chiefs. If you're a Chiefs fan, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's sort of I won't compare it to like Flacco's run in the playoffs that one year when they won the Super Bowl, but he did a sort of similar thing. Like he turned it on for the biggest stage. During the playoffs, he played really well. He played really well in the Super Bowl. He had a deflected pass um, and some pressures on Garoppolo at the end that, that made a difference. And he, I assume, cashed in on it because uh, he was not wanting that franchise tag and uh, got a four-year extension. So I assume it's going to be a pretty pretty solid one. I think he's one of the better defensive tackles in the, in the league. And um, that's kind of exciting for Kansas City that they're, they're going to be able to keep this core together for a couple of years at least. Yeah, he. Uh, they haven't announced the dollars, but you got to imagine it's a pretty solid amount if he's going to sign yeah. a four-year extension. Yeah, I mean, there was that unconfirmed that was around $80 million. We don't know how much it actually is, but about, I would say, 17 to $22 million is what I expect uh, him to get, and he's a damn good player. I mean, he had 15 and a half sacks and 18. Uh, nine sacks this past year, but missed a few games, and like you said, in the Super Bowl, he was the best defensive player in that game on both sides. I mean, he totally collapsed the pocket on uh, Jimmy G, had to deflect a pass. And then on the fourth down pass that really sealed the deal, he was the one that just totally shoved uh, 49ers right guard, former right guard, Mike Persons back and uh, caused the completion. So he was huge in that game. He's in the consideration for second best defensive tackle behind Aaron Donald. I mean, there's like three or four guys kind of all lumped in to that uh, the second spot, second two to five, I would say. But he's he's a great player, and the Chiefs. I don't know how they're affording everybody, but yeah. they're uh, they're doing it. Yeah, a little Ram strategy, maybe just kind of realizing the window and going all in before you got to pay Mahomes everything that you have promised him for the next ten years. 
or they're they're just banking in on hey we're winning now we're the new team in the AFC if you want to come here and win you can take a little bit of we'll see what the contract looks like but uh, they might benefit sort of like the Patriots started to benefit once they started getting things going they got some free agents that were sort of on the cheap for one or two year deals um, just because they won and if you want to ring sort of like people did with Golden State uh, you go to Kansas City and you get yourself a ring. Hundred percent. I want to see more of a shift in their strategy that they'll start paying more defensive guys than offensive guys because you figure Mahomes is mm-hmm. worth a half a billion dollars. He shouldn't need that much help to be successful. I mean, of course, they do have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, but those guys, you know, if they slowly get older, will they cut ties with them or let them move on? And say, okay, we're going to have at least try to build a good defense and assume a home is going to be at a high level for the next 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, they found some gems at wide receiver too. I mean, in the past. So it's not as if there's not talent there that mm-hmm. they can they can find for cheap. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you keep Kelsey, you keep Tyreek Hill, pair those two with Mahomes, you have a, you have all the weapons he'll really need to be deadly. And then you, you find some speed to accompany uh, with McCole Hardman and a few other players. This, yeah. this offense is not going anywhere. Um, no. The defense was always the issue, and it was the reason why this team had to have, you know, have all these comeback wins in the playoffs and pull off these uh, miraculous turnarounds. Um, but if they, I mean, if they improve upon that, this is going to be scary. Mm-hmm. So sure. that's interesting. We have another defensive player who we do have the contract details for who got paid, Miles Garrett. Five years, $125 million. I believe $100 million of that is guaranteed, which is pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously he's a really good player. The only, I think the only risk you run is that now he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. If he has any cheap-looking shot, uh, helmet-to-helmet, late hit, he's going to get suspended for games. So I don't, I don't think he's had a big issue with injuries in his career, but uh, I think that's the biggest risk you run by by signing to him, him to a, a contract like this, is that if, if he messes up, he's going to lose games. Uh after his, I don't think he's going to be swinging helmets at anyone anymore. But uh, <laughs> people are going to try to push his buttons because they now he has that reputation. And if he swings on someone or something like that, he he's gone for some games. Yeah, yep. you know the, the the weird part about that when that happened, it was very surprising because everything I had seen about Miles Garrett prior sort of alluded to him being like sort of a gentle giant, right? He was a beast on mm-hmm. the field, but he was a very kind of calm, chill dude off the field, like nothing. Nothing made me feel like he was the type of dude who could do that. So it was surprising to see that happen. Um, but I think you got to, I mean, you got to learn from that, right? Because if that happens again, I don't know. You're you're on your way out of the league if you continue to, to show these signs of, of uh, behavior um, on yeah. the field. So he's too vital to the Browns' success to make these sort of mistakes. I mean, yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, totally echoing what you're saying. On the field, there's no issues. I mean, he had 13 and a half sacks in 2018. He had 10 sacks in 10 games in 2019, and I thought he was going to be the kind of leader in the clubhouse for Defensive Player of the Year last year before he was suspended. And it is weird. I mean, he's he seems like a normal guy, uh, well educated when he speaks, but he had a few issues last year before he was suspended. Uh, he had two late hit penalties against Trevor Simeon. I think one of the late hits broke his uh, ankle, cost him his season, which is wasn't worth much anyway. And then he got a fight with uh, Delaney Walker during the game or punched Delaney Walker during the game. Mm. So he has been acting out this past year, which, I mean, that, that is kind of concerning. 
I mean, it could be just that he's trying to let the league know that he's not a pushover and that he can't be, uh, you know, he's not soft, which I mean, I can, I can appreciate that. But when you're hitting guys in the head of the helmets, not a good look. Definitely not a good look. Uh, great deal if he can stay on the field. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, 100%. And just for context, this makes him the second highest paid edge rusher in the league behind Khalil Mack. And I think it's the most guaranteed money by a large margin for a uh, edge rusher. Or not, not a large margin, but a little bit more than Khalil Mack guaranteed, less total contract volume or uh, value. So he's the second highest paid edge rusher now. You need to perform like the second highest paid edge rusher. And part of that is being a consummate professional and, and not getting in, in these sort of uh, issues. So you can be there for your team to perform game in, game out. So... Speaking of issues, um, this is more off the field, but I think we should touch on it a little bit. As much as it pains me, and it's unfortunate to see that this happened, we should talk a little bit about Deshaun Jackson and what he posted on social media and, um, you know, the the anti-Semitic nature of it. Did you guys see this? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. Okay. Unfortunately. um, I think, obviously, it's very disappointed that he posted it in general uh especially when it's sort of tied to the black lives matter movement and uh i think it detracts from that movement a little bit it takes eyes away from something that's super important was gaining steam um especially the lack of uh i don't know the word um the opposite of endorsement like no one came down super hard on deshaun jackson mm-hmm. after his tweets yep um sort of like people did with drew Brees or other people that uh, uh were sort of contrarian to the black lives matter movement it, it seemed kind of silent as far as deshaun jackson goes and almost on the flip side there were some people that came up and sort of backed him up and was like yeah i believe these kind of things too and i think that sort of goes back to um Louis Farrakhan and and the Nation of Islam and the anti-Semitic and anti-LGBT and anti-feminism, all that kind of stuff that he's spewing is apparently very popular with a lot of NFL players. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I think, in particular, Deshaun Jackson, I think he was just not educated on the subject. Mm -hmm. And I, I think his intention was there to be... Uh, I'm not saying good, or just, just to talk about how black people can liberate themselves, and if they come together, they can achieve more than anybody can imagine. But never quote Hitler. That's just a, <laughs> that should be yep. rule one of life. Never quote Hitler, even if it's not a Hitler quote, which people are saying it's not. I don't think it is either. But he, and he doubled down on it. It's a thing. He was like, oh, I only meant this part of the saying, which was the worst part and most offensive part. Uh, I think he's now understood what he meant and now he's kind of talking with jewish leaders him and edelman had a great conversation uh, i guess and they're going to try to help educate each other edelman uh for those who don't know who is a jewish player he might be these oh no there are a few other jewish players now i'm thinking about it but he's probably the most notable one out there uh but like you said i'm, I'm more upset at the lack <clears throat> of player or is it i should say I'm more upset about the player support he got from Steven mm-hmm. Jackson, uh, Marquise Goodwin on the top of my head, and there's other players from different sports who came out and said, oh, yeah, he's right. He's nothing wrong. And it's like, no, no, he didn't. That's, that doesn't help anybody trying to, you know, stick with this mindset that, you know, Black Lives Matter 
but not trying to also help out other people. The Jewish people are been a long time have been persecuted. I mean, mm-hmm. we know a lot more about that probably than black issues in the past because that's how uh, schools teach us nowadays. But still, I mean, it's just it's just silly. I mean, like you said, Drew Brees, everybody, even his own teammates, came out and were like, "Hey, man, like knock it off." And I don't think what Drew Brees said isn't as bad as Deshaun Jackson. Definitely tone deaf. Definitely don't agree with it. But what Deshaun Watson said was really bad. And I think he knows that. Deshaun Jackson, now, not Watson. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun my, Jackson. My, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah. And what, what he said, I mean, I think he's learning it. And I think other people need to learn more about Jewish history and what that quote and what who Hitler actually was. Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the reason there was so much more backlash for Breeze, too, was it was timing as well. It was at the peak of, mm-hmm, of, of the movement sure. and, and the police brutality and a lot of things going on. Um, and then also the medium in which he s- spoke, which was national television. So um, I'm not I'm not going to defend Deshaun Jackson because I don't think it's appropriate and I don't think um, it's acceptable what he did. But I will say when things like this occur, it's important to pay attention to the intention behind somebody's actions as well. And I don't think that there was malice in his intent. I do think it was purely ignorance and he didn't understand what he was sending out and how how it would be perceived and how it marginalized another community in his effort to bring up um, the black community. So I'm, I'm not necessarily angry at him, but I'm frustrated just as an Eagles fan that, that uh, he did this and it kind of, it, it does become a distraction from what, um, what was really happening and what's important. So, um, you know, it, it's not good. And I think he understands that now. So, We'll see what happens with it, but um, yeah, it was definitely not a good thing, and it was it was odd seeing a lot of players come out and defend him as well. So, I'm not sure where that's coming from. If that's also from a place of ignorance or what it is, but um, yeah, what he sent out, we're not going to recite it. But if you want to go find it, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Um, but it was anti-Semitic in nature, and I don't think that was what was intended. Oh, yeah. one, one quick point. I think a part of every team's trip to Washington to play whatever team name that's going to be now, they should visit visit the Holocaust Museum and visit the African American History Museum in D.C. I had the chance to go to the Holocaust one when I visited D.C. The African American one was not open yet, but it's incredible. I mean, I learned so much from that museum alone, and I thought I knew a lot about the subject. I took a class on it in high school, but just from that museum alone, you learn so much more and gain appreciation uh, from what those people suffered during that time. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. I think he believed that he was saying something that was black empowerment and mm-hmm. raising themselves up, um, which was valid and needed. Unfortunately, the rhetoric that he was speaking was also uh, at the cost of the Jewish people. Uh, and I think that's what he was ignorant to. He just saw it as like a purely, oh, it's only good for, this is a yep. good thing for black people to be proud of where they come from, um, what they're doing. Um, unfortunately, he's just bashing the Jewish people in the process of raising himself up. And that's where the, the main issue is. And I'm pretty disappointed in, in Malcolm Jenkins specifically, who uh, came out later and said, you know, it's we got to stay focused on the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm all for that, and I believe that's that's important. Um, but then he said, you know, our problem is not the Jewish people, and we're not the Jewish people's problem. And if you're 
attacking hate and racism in all forms, you got to attack it in all forms, not just when it applies to you. Exactly. Um, sure. So I think that's that the, the reaction was more hurtful to everything than the actual tweet almost or the actual post. Agreed. Makes sense. Uh, let's move on. Let's lighten, lighten the mood up a little bit. Let's dive into our AFC uh, playoff predictions. We all kind of broke down the season so far and, and where we think records might end up across the AFC and the NFC. We're going to do the AFC this week, and I think we'll probably do the NFC next week in terms of our playoff predictions and kind of walk through the wild card um, all the way to the Super Bowl. But let's dive into the AFC first. So who wants to kick it off? I, I will take the uh, liberty here of lighting the mood with some good old-fashioned LaFumble Jackson bashing. <laughs> That's what I do best around here. But uh, So breaking down the AFC and how I have uh, it going, Chiefs in first, Ravens in second, Colts, Bills, Steelers, Titans. And then originally I had the Broncos getting the last playoff spot, but it makes no difference now because, as you'll find out, they'll lose the first game. But I think the Patriots uh, will take that last spot. Now they have Cam Newton. But officially, I had the uh, Broncos. But has for the first round, the Chiefs will get the bye. And then it's Ravens versus Patriots, Colts versus Titans, and Steelers versus Bills. I think for the first time in his career, Lamar Jackson will have a good playoff game. Uh, as we all know, he's 0-2, 51% passing, three interceptions, three touchdowns. Absolutely pathetic for someone who thinks he's going to get a Mahomes-like contract. And we can go even further and go to his bowl games where he's never thrown over 50% in a bowl game. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. But he will take on uh, the last last playoff team as I have the Patriots. They'll move on. And then one team, I'm going to talk about them more, the Colts. I've decided the Colts are my team this year in the AFC. Good dark horse team. Okay. Play good defense. I like Flip uh, Flip Rivers. <clears throat> I don't think he's great. We talked about that when we did the AFC North preview. But I think he's going to do just enough to get this team over the hump with Jonathan Taylor, who I think is going to be a beast this year. And then also, as everybody knows who listens to this podcast, I'm a Steelers fan. Not really, but I think they're a good team. I like Mike Tomlin. Big Ben's back. They play great defense. So I have the Colts beating the Titans, Steelers beating the Bills, which gives us uh, a Chiefs versus Bills, then Colts versus Ravens matchup. The Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. We talked about Chris Jones. Uh, of course, they have Patrick Mahomes. As long as Mahomes is healthy, this team will always be a threat to be a Super Bowl champion. So I do think the Chiefs will move on to the AFC championship. And then finally, they have Colts versus Ravens. It's going to raise some eyebrows here. The Colts will beat the Ravens, oh my I God. believe. <laughs> Jesus, and to dude. be honest, I do not think it would be that close. Last year in the playoffs, the Ravens could not stop Derrick Henry in that championship game. Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack are not Derrick Henry, but they can run the ball really well. And they might be a better offensive line than the Titans have or had last year. Also, most underrated player, well, I had two hundred players. First, my guy, DeForest Buckner. He's uh, number two on my underrated list here. He is a stud. He is one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Niners should have kept him, but they were too coward, too. They were afraid that he wanted too much money. He did want a lot of money, but he's better than Eric Armstead, besides the points. But the real most underrated player in the league is Darius Leonard. All this guy does is make plays a linebacker. Back-to-back years, 
over 100 tackles for a second-round pick from South Carolina State. No one, knew, no one knew who he was, but all he does is ball out. So I think he's going to keep Lamar Jackson in check. They'll blitz him all day. They'll get some pressure, and he won't be able to throw the ball. As I said, the guy can't complete a pass in the playoffs or a bowl game. So we'll see the Chiefs versus Colts in the AFC Championship, and then Mahomes will just destroy the, the Colts. So Chiefs back to the Super Bowl, and that's my uh, official prediction. Durian, we were doing so well the last couple weeks. Yeah. We were agreeing on a lot of things, and then you had to come and do all this. And if you want to talk about bad playoff quarterbacks, I'm going to talk about Jimmy G, who's thrown two touchdowns to three interceptions. That that means uh, that has nothing at all to do with the conversation. I mean, you're pouring out Lamar Jackson's, so I, I just yeah, thought we should compare it to someone else that also one guy also has one old guy also has two playoff wins compared to the other guy who has zero actually. Yeah, I'm just saying stat-wise, if you want to just, you know, small sample size, if you wanted something, there's a little small sample size for for your quarterback well, in also, San Francisco. Also, d- did Lamar Jackson have a running back for, for 200 yards against your Green Bay Packers? No, he didn't. And, he, and you still, even though you have a fantastic running game, you're still missing uh, throws, especially in the Super Bowl. Um, I think we all know that, that throw that Jimmy G missed. Uh that well, would have won him, but the pressure got to him. He cracked a little bit, was, just uh, like the head coach in San Francisco. But we'll move Sanders on to my not be able to run. Okay, like, I mean, well, maybe you got to know your receivers and uh, how far you can throw it. Um, but anyways, I have the Ravens as the number one seed. They're getting the bye uh, for the AFC wild card. And then I have the Chiefs at the number two seed, playing the Browns, uh, who are the number seven seed. And I have the Chiefs winning uh, pretty handily in the in that wild card round. Actually, very uninventive with most of these picks. I think I picked literally the every single home team in the entire playoffs to win. So <laughs> you can I mean, calculate out from there. But didn't that happen last year in NFC? Actually, every home team won, oh, except for the uh, no, no roast, no roast except for the Eagles. No, the but, Titans, but granted, they had Josh McCown as the Titans won. Titans no, NFC, won. NFC. I'm talking about NFC. Oh, and NFC. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think so. so. I think every home team won except for. The Eagles, and that's an asterisk because Josh we, McCown was quarterback. Well, well the we, Eagles won. We would have won. No, we didn't. We lost to the Seahawks. Lost, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's because that's not... Jadavion yeah, Clown. <laughs> Who the Eagles are now rumored to pick up, maybe, but... Uh, uh, I don't want anything to do with them. Yeah, I agree. Overpaid. Anyways, Chiefs, Chiefs beat the Browns, and then I have the Titans at the number three seed playing the Steelers, who are the number six seed. Uh, Titans winning that one. Um, I'm not a huge believer in, in Ben Roethlisberger at this point. Um, we'll see how much juice his arm has left. Um, but I am a big believer in Ryan Tannehill, as I have professed a few times on the podcast. So um, I'm all in on the Tannehill experience. And then the fourth seed, I have the Bills, who get there at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I don't know if that will stand up now that Cam Newton's in the AFC East, but we shall see. The Bills are playing the Raiders, who come on strong with some good deep balls from Derek Carr. Video coming oh. out on him in a couple weeks. Uh, and uh, I'm taking the Bills, though. I think the Bills sort of are getting over the hump this year. They've been to the playoffs, I think, two of the last three years. They should have won against the Texans this last year. Um, and then Josh Allen lost his mind a little bit and started to, to lateral things backwards when he was getting tackled and <laughs> doing all sorts of crazy things. But I think the, the Raiders make it back to the playoffs. They lose. but uh, So Ravens, Chiefs, Titans, Bills all move on. That leaves the Ravens playing the Bills. I got the Ravens. Uh, I think that run game is just going to be too powerful. Um, 
And uh, I think Lamar progresses as a passer this year. Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to be a top-tier guy that, throwing the ball, but um, I think he can be very, very good. Uh, and combined with his legs, he's a super dynamic weapon uh, that I think is going to be around for a while. He seems smart about his hits. He gets out of bounds. He slides uh, and avoids big contact. Uh, and then I got Chiefs versus the Titans, rematch of last year's AFC Championship. Got the same result, though. Chiefs win. Um, and then we got the Ravens and the Chiefs in the AFC Conference game. And I got the Ravens pulling this one out. Um, Chris Jones helps, but I still think that defense is a couple pieces away uh, from really being able to win games by themselves or uh, slow down high-octane offenses. If you're in a shootout every time, you like Mahomes' chance, chances, but uh, eventually you know, you're going to lose a couple of those, and I think this might be a, a, a scenario where that happens. So I have the Ravens representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. The anti-Durgan bracket. So, the anti-Durgan. What, what's the over-under on uh, Lamar Jackson turnovers for the playoffs? I'll set it at the line at five. But uh, in, in, in reality... Depends how many games he plays, but... True. In reality, uh, one note about the Bills, is I think Josh Allen this year will take a huge step forward. I know this means absolutely nothing, but Madden came out with a lot of their ratings this past week, mm-hmm. and they actually had Josh Allen as QB1. When it comes to arm strength, so I'm just yeah, saying he's I a better, he's a stronger arm than Patrick Mahomes. But what is, is he, he in accuracy? Like QB twenty? Well, it's yeah, <laughs> uh, that 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 wasn't listed, but I would assume it's pretty low. Yeah. But it's pretty crazy how uh, you know this guy for year one he played it he could only run like he could not pass at all. This year, the first few weeks he kind of struggled and then had a turning point and became a somewhat decent passer. And if he can continue that development. He is going to be a force for a long, long time. He kind of gets slept on a little bit because he plays in Buffalo. And let's be honest, unless you live in Buffalo, you do not care about Buffalo besides their tailgates. Uh, I think he's going to, after this year, he's going to get himself a really nice contract. I think Stephon Diggs helps him a lot, but I don't yep. ever see yeah. him being you know, that top-tier accuracy-type quarterback. Um, no, 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 no. So, I don't, I don't know. He's not my type of quarterback, so we'll see, but... You know his athleticism is underrated. I think a lot of people don't know how athletic he actually is, but he he can run the ball. So, um, Bills Bills. You know, speaking of, I have them making the playoffs here. So I'll I'll run through my seedings here in the AFC. So one, I have the Ravens as well. I have them getting the first round by. Uh, two, I have the Chiefs, of course, predictable. Three, I have the Titans. Four, I actually have the Patriots because of the Cam Newton signing. This this changed everything for mm-hmm. me from when we last mm-hmm. discussed this. Um, five, if Durgan's team is Indianapolis, then my team in the AFC is the Denver Broncos. I'm going to, I'm going to ride or die with them this season in the AFC. I'm a big believer in Drew Locke. I'm excited to see what he does with all these weapons. And if you think Josh Allen's going to take a a leap, watch my boy Drew Locke this year. That's going to be exciting. Uh, he's going to be leaping right into the bench and someone else is going to (laughs) be starting by the end of the year. Okay. Whatever you say, bro. We'll see. (laughs) Number six, I have the Browns. And then uh, seven, I have the Bills. So the Bills sneak into the playoffs as the seventh seed. So the first matchup, I got the Browns and the Titans. And I think the Browns take this one and and move on to the next round. I know you're a big Titans guy, but the talent is there for the Browns. I think Stefanski puts it together. um, And I think they come on decently in the playoffs. And then I have the Bills at the Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs win this one. 
Um, and then Broncos at the Patriots. I think this will be the closest matchup in the first round um, in my bracket. And I'm going to say that the Broncos edge out the Patriots and move on to the next round. Then I think the bracket gets extremely boring because you got the Ravens and the Chiefs, and we've all kind of gone through this practice here. Uh, Ravens playing the Browns, Ravens win. Chiefs playing the Broncos, Chiefs win. Then we got what we all predict is going to happen, Ravens and Chiefs. Um, And I like the Ravens. They're more well-rounded. I think all around they have talent in every position on the defensive side of the ball. Now they've fixed their their linebacker position. Kenneth Murray is going to have a big impact for them. So uh, I don't think you see as much of an issue stopping the run as you did last year, like Durgan was alluding to. Um, And then I think the Chiefs on the other side are much much more invested in offense uh and very you know light on the defensive side of the ball so i don't think they make it to the super bowl again this year i think it's it's very difficult to repeat um whether that's even getting to the super bowl or or winning it but i think uh the chiefs kind of have a little uh super bowl hangover and they don't make it to the dance so i got the ravens representing the afc in the super bowl this year uh, and I won't dive into who I have winning the Super Bowl until we get, we finish with the NFC. But um, I like the Ravens this year. I think it's I think they're a good team. I think they're the best team overall in the AFC. I think my biggest takeaway from all of our different predictions is our different evaluations of quarterbacks. Durgan believes yes. in Philip Rivers. I don't believe in Philip Rivers. Cyrus believes in uh, Drew Lock. Who do you believe in? Drew Lock. Yep. Count I don't too. believe in yeah, Drew Lock. I'm also on the Drew Lock uh, bandwagon. Too. And the fact that you think Drew Locke is going to be a Bill Belichick defense in the playoffs, you're out of your mind. But I, I guess we'll see. Uh, Here's what I'll and, say. Here's uh, what I'll say. A Drew Locke offense will outscore Bill Belichick's offense this year. Maybe not, you know, the de- that's why I said it's the closest matchup I got. Like, I think it's going to be the most exciting one. I but think the only way a Drew Locke offense outscores is if he throws pick sixes. Because he'll be throwing touchdowns to the other team. If Cam Newton Drew Lock. throws pick sixes? No. Drew Locke. The only way he's going to outscore a Bill Belichick defense is if he throws the touchdowns to the defense. Because he's not scoring touchdowns for his own team. Uh, but Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay can. Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, no fans. No I mean, if this yep. team develops, they're stacked on offense, man. Don't don't underrate it. Yeah, they and, just need a quarterback. And their defense that's, is stacked, too. But what, okay, well, Drew Locke, first of all, he showed yeah. science. He showed what you want to see from a quarterback playing six games. He and he won a like lot of those games. Ten dropped interceptions. Like I did a film breakdown on him a while ago. I, I'm just not a, I'm not a believer in him. Like He's got a ton of arm talent, but without an offseason, he didn't have a ton of game experience, and he was still making the same mistakes from his first start to his last start. And only, only had like six, but I, I, I didn't see the kind of consistency or growth that you would like to see over six games. He could be working his ass off and come back and ball out, but from what I saw last year, I'm not I'm not in on the Drew Lock train. But he doesn't need to be like a Josh Allen even. He doesn't need to be a great quarterback. If he can be a game manager, or Ryan Tannehill, they could run the ball, play great defense, which they will play great defense. As long as Vic Fangio is there, they'll be a very good defensive team. Run a lot of play action, hit Jerry Judy deep, hit you know Noah Fant in the flat. And you have a chance to put some points on the board while also keeping the ball away from the other team. Here's a comp I'll give give you. And he was a former Denver Bronco, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler's been to the playoffs. 
Jake Hall, yeah. He has. And has he won any? Has he always made a mistake at a bad time? Has he made his team better? Has he put them over the, the top? I really like Jay Cutler. Kinda, yeah, I'm just saying, hey, Jay Cutler, but, listen, listen. Jay Cutler is, was a starter in this league for a long time. So if, he's, yeah, if that's yeah. his, his you know, comp, that's not the worst comp. Like, is yeah. Jay Cutler elite? But, no, not at all. Big, not strong arm sense. that's prone to making bad decisions or bad choices. Yeah, the a.k.a. Josh Allen, who you guys believe yeah. in. So, I mean, come on. Like, let's not, you know, Josh Allen's had more time to develop, too. I think, you know, the, the question you need to ask here. Can quarterbacks develop? Obviously, yes. So we don't yeah. know yet. But if Drew Locke plays even marginally better than he did last year, I mean, they were winning games and they were less talented. And they lost uh, Chubb on the defensive line, who I think will be a huge addition this year. So this team, dark horse. Pay attention to the Broncos. I think I, things I are coming together. Dark horses. Hey, you know what? This is uh, <laughs> this is a better take than than uh, Durgan's Lamar Jackson take. Oh, here we well, go. First, well, it's hard to be worse than Durgan's Lamar. Well, okay. All right, fair. I, I, will, I will address that. I think one quick point. If Jay Cutler actually gave a shit about football, he would have been really good. But he didn't. I think he did. He just doesn't no, have the he, personality that shows he, gave, he does. He gave no care in the world. But yeah. besides the point. I'm, I'm, I, think that's, I don't think you play, whatever, listen, 15 years in the NFL without You play 15 but, years. But like, solid quarterback, terrible leader. Solid quarterback, terrible leader. That's yeah. what it is. He didn't care. He was like, whatever. If we win, I win. I mean, we have no idea what he was saying to his teammate. Like, just because he's not yelling at people on the sideline like Tom Brady or hyping people up like Russell Wilson, telling them, like, nice, like, you're a machine. Let's go get it, guys. Let's go get it. That's what Russell Wilson does. Just because Jay Cutler isn't doing that doesn't mean he's not a good leader. Okay, but listen, Um, I I know that bothers you as a fan watching Russell Wilson doing that, but if you're playing with that guy and that's your brother, you'd be stoked. No, you'd be happy. You're too corny. You, You would love it. You would love it. I, I hate Wilson, but I agree. Also, Cutler had one great receiver when he played, Brandon Marshall, in his prime. And he said, I cannot play with this guy. Like, he just doesn't care. I He, he demanded a trade. That's what he did. If your one superstar receiver doesn't want you there, you kind of have a shitty personality. I mean, that's wild speculation, but... Now, there's a lot we of stories about Jay Cutler the, that yeah, allude to his his uh, his apathy towards the game. I've, I've, yeah. There's a lot of different evidence. Maybe we can look it up and have a whole debate about it. But Jay Cutler, I think down. the general consensus was Cutler was not didn't have that love of the game that you see other players, whether corny, whether not, whatever. I mean, even even like Mahomes, you know, there's there's players that you can point to that you can tell love the game. Jay Cutler, you could tell was just not in that position. Um, Anyway, I'm going to give myself the last word on this one, and we are going to wrap up episode 47 here. Thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate your support. Please check us out, weeklyspiral.com. You can find the latest and greatest in content we have published up there, as well as all of our social handles, previous episodes, whatever your heart desires. Before we sign off, do you guys have anything that you want to let the listeners know to look out for? Uh, Calvin Ridley breakdown coming out this week. So if you're listening to it, it's out. We have over 500 subscribers on YouTube now. So go take a peek and uh, see what Calvin Ridley is all about. Yeah, Casey's been putting in work on this YouTube channel. Check it out. There's some really, really interesting breakdowns there. If you were wondering if Casey is a football nerd, I can tell you he is. And you will love what you see (laughs) if you love the intricacies of the game. Durgan, what do you got coming up, man? Yes, I got a double feature coming out Wednesday. So it would be up when you hear this. Uh, breakdown on Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons 
and also a breakdown on Alabama linebacker Dylan Moses, who you probably have seen his high school uh, highlight reel. That guy was recruited by LSU and Alabama in the eighth grade. So, oh, wow. Kind of take a look at his career arc. Nice. Looking forward to that. This has been a weekly Sparrow production, bringing you fresh football every week. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope whatever you get up to the rest of the day, evening, morning, when you're listening to this, it is awesome, and we will see you next week for episode 48.